Zasvieceni cizinski. Zasvieceni cizinci. Zasvieceni cizence. Zasvieceni cizinci. Zasvieceni cizinci. Zasvieceni cizince. Mate bir bakalım forzne. Foreign insiders. Migration and humanity in the Czech Republic. Are you like that? That was really nice. Thank you. Я самый младший сын своих родителей. Угроза не от них, а именно от братьев и сестер. Это было ноябрь или начало декабря. И в таком состоянии меня закинули на летнюю кухню. It was November or the beginning of December. In northern Kazakhstan, winters start early and the temperatures can drop below negative 30 degrees Celsius. They left me in the outside kitchen with no heating. I was lying there for two weeks. I didn't attend college or university because they didn't want me to. They wanted me to stay home and be a homemaker. I left home without any documents or money. Somehow I reached another city, sold my phone and started my homeless life. Once I visited a public service center in order to restore documents. I applied for a new identity document and left. When I returned to collect the new certificate, I was met by officials from the Ministry of Internal Affairs. They informed me that I was considered missing. The ministry officials took me and told me that my brothers have connections everywhere. And then they brought me home again. When we arrived, they broke my hands in three places. That time I ran away for the last time, I was completely tired of listening to their complaints about me. At home they were always screaming about me being the way I am. That time when I ran away, they called me from different numbers, threatening to find me. They found me and threatened me with death. They told me they would kill me and bury me somewhere in the steppe. And they would tell my parents that they just didn't find me. I'm not giving up. I just want to live for myself. I want to walk outdoors, feeling secure. I just want justice and nothing more. In Kazakhstan today, gay, lesbian, bi and trans people are subject to widespread discrimination, stripped of their rights to equal education, employment and health care. They're the victims of violence, often caught up in a cycle of abuse that's perpetrated by the nation's police force. And that homophobia and transphobia permeates the state-controlled media, too. Because the country is so vast and its population density is so low, LGBT people struggle to connect with one another. With few places to gather, online communities provide the only safe havens for them. You just heard the testimony of Adelet, a young man from the country's capital city. His story was published in Cock Team, an online community and magazine for LGBT Kazakhs. Cock Team. Yeah, if you're giggling about the name, we'll get to it. 
During the second wave of the pandemic, we connected with Anatoly Chernosov and Daniel Sabitov, two of the founders and the current editors of Cock Team, now living in Prague. Running an LGBT media platform was not easy when they were living in Kazakhstan, but things changed when they decided to move abroad, and they changed for the better, for the most part. My name is Daniel Sabitov. Uh, uh, I'm 33, and I'm from Kazakhstan, from Almaty. Uh, my name is Anatoly. I am almost 36. Uh, I'm from Kazakhstan, from Almaty. We rented uh, the same flat for three or four years. In Almaty. In Almaty. Uh, we knew each other a bit uh, before. So we've met on... It was a forum, like forum for LGBT people in Kazakhstan. There were like a lot of uh, there were a lot of topics like uh, I don't remember it's like uh, sex relationships with uh, parents uh, the society like sex comma oh, relationship yes, yes. with parents <laughs> 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 and yeah a lot of like with the society and hate and so on and so on then there was a kind of offline event for people from forum and. Uh, so it started. I'm from a very, very small uh, town in Kazakhstan and I moved to Almaty for the university. And for my 23 years, I, I've never met even one gay person in my life. So after I finished my university, I started to work. And from that time, I get access. Yes, I get access. I get access to to internet because of job. I uh, received uh, the opportunity to search on uh, web. You mean some websites like for yes, LGBT yes, people? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, from that time, I discovered that forum. Certainly, I was curious uh, how it is to to meet someone like in a real life, because I spent on that forum uh, several months. It was because of my curiosity from one hand, on one hand. On another hand, because of my, uh, let's say, loneliness, like a gay, because before this experience, I've never uh, been in contact with any LGBT person at all. When I when I came for my first uh, first meeting, uh, you 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 can't even imagine. I I came there and they made photo session. <laughs> they made photo session and I was so scared because you know Kazakhstan don't have uh, uh, the criminal punishment for for being gay like in Uzbekistan for example or Turkmenistan, but the scare was the same because you don't know who who was those people maybe it was agents of uh, kgb or maybe it was predators uh, and so on but after first photo shots i relaxed and uh, uh, yes i think it was very very important point in my life it's a huge country with people spread around uh, the country so if you are a gay person in a village. It means that it is possible that this village is many hundred kilometers away from any town or city. 
It means that everybody can see you. You have only neighbors, half of them around you, half of them are your relatives. And it means that your life can be completely horrible. And also we have only a few like really huge cities, like it's Almaty, it's uh, Astana and Karaganda, where this, how to say, this urban culture exists, where people can be more or less free, uh, where people can be liberal, where people can be themselves without being abused. Or where they can uh, hide themselves, at least. A bit of background. There are two official languages in Kazakhstan, Kazakh and Russian. Russian speakers have access to some unbiased media about LGBT issues, thanks to Russian language journalists and activists working abroad. But there are a lot of people, especially in rural areas and in the South, who only speak Kazakh, and they aren't so lucky. At least that was the case until 2017. That's when Anatoly and Danyar and two of their friends cooked up an idea of how to fill the gap. We have uh, such a Soviet tradition to sit in the kitchen and talk about politics. We realized uh, there is no media in Kazakh language, adequate, normal information about LGBT. And uh, with uh, uh, me personally, I felt shame because I am an educated person, uh, I'm a journalist, I know two uh, languages and so on. And uh, I understood that it was like my um, responsibility to use my knowledge to help people without information. So we decided to establish this medium uh, and primarily we decided to make Kazakh language content. In Kazakh language, uh, the word kok means at the same time blue and uh, green. And uh, the word blue is the word how in Soviet Union gay people named. It's like Russian for gay in English. The first and the second parts of the name sounds like Koktiem. Koktiem means the spring in Kazakh language. Like a season. And we launched on the 1st of March and our motto was spring is coming. And certainly the third part of the word play is the play with the English sounds, the word kok. So everyone can understand this name in his or her uh, way, and uh, every variant is correct. Cock Team launched in March 2017 in Kazakh and Russian. But the editors also wanted to talk to the international community, so much the website also appears in English translation. In this way, non-Kazakhs can get a sense of the human rights abuses happening there. But despite their desire to bring the LGBT community out of the shadows, Anatoly and Danyar felt they had no other choice but to remain anonymous. You are always a bit paranoid yes. when you work with uh, such topics like human rights and so on. Uh, we made our best to anonymize uh, the s- server, the hosting of our website. The So we, uh, w- when we posted 
uh, article, we launched the VPN. Uh, and only after that, we posted an article and then you switch off the VPN. <laughs> it, it sounds a little bit paranoid. Maybe uh, if we live now in Kazakhstan, maybe... I, I think we would continue. If uh, we would be in Kazakhstan now, we would continue with the same uh, procedures. So? Yeah, I think so. At, at the beginning, we also we weren't very open uh, at that time. It was a secret who who is in the board who who worked who works there. At the beginning, we had a a team of uh, five uh, six people, mm. and it was a secret. We didn't tell anyone uh, who works with this with Cook team who established it and so on. It was com- completely anonymous. So so wait. So the magazine was founded March twenty seventeen, and then when did you guys arrive here? September two thousand seventeen. Let's say it was my decision. I wanted to go, uh, uh, let's say, alone. I wanted uh, to spend uh, my life like a more free person. And I understood that living in Kazakhstan is a barrier, uh, let's say, to the free life. I didn't want to go to ask for asylum. From every point of view, it is very, very difficult. So I decided to move in another uh, way through the education and I decided to choose Czech Republic because I believe that I will be able to learn Czech. I also was uh, thinking about going to Europe to get um, like some university degree and so on in Europe because I already had like from Kazakhstan bachelor degree then master degree in China and at this time Daniel said he is living He's going to Czech Republic. And I was like, okay, why not? Let it be Czech Republic. It is better to have someone to to move together. So I decided, okay, we will do it together. And you know, I suppose that I will go to Czech Republic and uh, I will find uh, a wealthy uh, Czech uh, uh, husband. Sugar daddy. Sugar daddy. (laughs) (laughs) But... Uh, before I left Kazakhstan, I met my current uh, partner, and I said to him, uh, "You know, uh, don't don't uh, expect a lot because uh, in uh, uh, one or two uh, months uh, I will change the country." And then he said, "Okay, I'll go with you." <laughs> now uh, we came here uh, like uh, in a three, me, my partner, and uh, Anatoly. So that's. That's how the decision of one can change the the uh, destinies of three people. <laughs> I was going to say that's so funny because you, you you made a point to say that you wanted to come alone and then you ended up bringing the, the whole cock team with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all cock team in with me. That's how it works. If you open a door for one gay, a bunch of gay people will come. Our moving was like a gulp of um, fresh air because we started things we never start in Kazakhstan. Being openly gay editors is a very big input to uh, magazines, let's say, career because 
if uh, you work with anonymized board, people can't trust you. They will never send you any article, for example, or a story. And when we moved, we said uh, who we are. And from that point, people started trust. and trust trust us uh, more and more. And now I can say that we have in in Kazakhstan LGBT community the name of Cook Team has a weight. We have some reputation. Let's yes, say. yes. If we launch any uh, crowdfund uh, campaign for a guy or girl in a trouble, people trust us and they send money, knowing that we will spend them properly. Still, the situation is kind of ambi- ambiguous, like going both sides. Uh, from one side, uh, as Daniel said, we became openly gay, so we got the reputation, we got some trust from uh, people. They know who we are. Uh, on on other hand, we left Kazakhstan, so it means we kind of not living that life anymore. We don't have the current experience being gay in uh, Kazakhstan. So some people... We don't have the same risks. Yeah, we don't have the same risks and so on. Uh, and we understand that that we are in kind of a more privileged situation, of course. So the situation goes both ways. I definitely did my best when I decided to move to Czech Republic. Here... I'm a free person with my beloved partner. We are happy to live uh, our free life here and uh, no regrets at all. Uh, But only one regret I have, it is regret on the situation on uh, LGBT community in Czech Republic because I see that they are very, very relaxed and they relax too early. Even this campaign uh, Smefer for uh, equal marriages, it is not the point. It is not enough to put the things further, to put uh, society's acceptance further. And uh, we, like uh, foreigners, we see this. We see these problems, which Czech uh, LGBT persons don't realize or don't want to realize. I, I want to see more, let's say, aggressive activism in Czech Republic. I want them to go more radical, in more radical forms. Because certainly they make the month of queer history, they make uh, some exhibitions, uh, they write articles and so on and so on. But when you write, uh, when you read in uh, newspapers or on web how two lesbians can't rent a house because of their uh, orientation, because of their partnership. And it is not about uh, the village, Czech village. It is about Prague 18 or Prague 11. And uh, you see different actions from, uh, let's say, uh, right-wing activists who are more radical than uh, LGBT persons and so on and so on. So I see many, many problems. I see problems in Czech villages. I see problems with uh, coming out of youth 
I see problems with bullying uh, in uh, Czech schools uh, with uh, Czech uh, LGBT uh, students and so on and so on. And I see that the whole uh, LGBT activists uh, movement is resting. In Kazakhstan, Anatoly and Daniel are well-known entities in the LGBT community. But here in Prague, they struggle to find their place. Morgan and I asked them if the distance they felt from local organization had anything to do with local resistance to foreigners or even to Russophobia. We were trying to go to some meetings of some LGBT communities like university and so on and so on, but we just didn't become a part of it, you know. I don't know why. Maybe because of our attitude, maybe we are not fitting into, or I don't know if it's because of language, we both speak Czech quite fluently, let's say. So um, some Russophobia, maybe not, but racism, of course. Like common. Like in, in common, yeah. Like common feeling. Even Even some people I know, like mm-hmm. some really good people, it's not friends, but kind of friends with us. And, but still they make some racistic uh, comments, uh, just like in common way, you know. It's about Roma people or migrants and so on. So it's, this is also kind of problem for me. And I know that a lot of, let's say, LGBT communities in USA, in other countries, like in Germany, in Austria, they also deal with that. It's kind of uh, intersectional way of uh, doing LGBT activism. It's also you deal with uh, racism, you deal with uh, sexism and so on and so on. But here in Czech Republic, I didn't register much of uh, this kind of intersectional way of doing LGBT activism. Now we are trying to establish our own like small LGBT community, Russian speaking first in Prague, then maybe in Czech Republic. So maybe we will try to go this way and uh, do our LGBT activism here being like, let's say, Russophonic uh, migrants, because this also interrupts, inter- interlaps uh, somehow, these two issues, topics. So, yeah, we are going our own way now, and we will see how it will be. Being out in the Czech Republic has put the guys in a unique position. They're leaders for the LGBT community in a country without a true LGBT community from far outside of that country. Today, much of the work they do isn't so much fighting for equal rights as it is shedding light on the grimness of the current situation. For nearly three years, they collected stories from the victims of discrimination and hate crimes, which they published under pseudonyms. The testimony by Adilat, which you heard at the top of the show, is one such story. But not everyone who reaches out wants to share their story. A lot of people are just looking for help. So many, in fact, that the editors have stopped soliciting stories of hate crimes. There were simply too many people in need of too many resources, far more than the editors could ever hope to provide. All the time, online, we get some requests, like help requests. Uh, We gather the 
cases of hate crimes, cases of discrimination. Uh, we also have uh, social media, and we get all these uh, messages in in direct, like direct messages, about uh, what is going on, what happened. Sometimes people just ask some uh, questions about um, like how to deal with homophobic parents mm. or how to deal with bullying in at school and so on. Uh, so if we are able to answer the, their questions, we answer. If uh, we don't have these uh, capabilities. Like, capabilities, yeah, if we don't know, we, we are trying to find some help, like some psychological help and uh, sometimes even looking for lawyers and so on because people are afraid to go to police, for example, because the police is very homophobic. If you're going to police, you will uh, most probably... Uh, will be again attacked by police, by homophobic police. They will be very rude. They will offend you. And it's the least what they can do. They can beat you. They can blackmail you. So uh, if you are LGBT person in Kazakhstan, it's better to have a lawyer next to you if you're going to police to tell the police about the hate crime. Otherwise, you will be the victim of uh, the next hate crime again. You know, we can count uh, the number of open LGBT activists in Kazakhstan on uh, two hands. Every uh, open person uh, is uh, like a it's like a precious. Each each of these openly gay uh, person is a kind of assembly point. It's like where you can go if you have an emergency situation. It's like if you are openly gay in Kazakhstan. No matter no matter what you did before, <laughs> from from the from the time when you publicly uh, came out, you became an uh, LGBT activist. It just worked this way. If you want or not. Insiders is produced by Giuseppe Piqueca and me, Morgan Childs. Check out the work that Anatoly and Dania are doing on their website, kok.team. That's K-O-K T-E-A-M. Special thanks to Valeria Borobova for her support. And thanks to Marty Crown, the Kazakh musician you're listening to right now, courtesy of Silver Gun Records. And a big shout out to Ryan Keating, who performed Adelet's testimony in English. And speaking of Adilet, we wanted to give you just a little update. Cock Team was able to raise about two months' worth of Kazakh minimum wage to help him out. They also connected him with a lawyer who helped him get a new ID and passport. And with new documents, he was able to get a new job. Adilet wrote to the editors, This is exactly the kind of support I wanted to receive from my brothers and sisters all my life, but I received it from people I didn't know. You can find show notes for this episode and learn more about the Foreign Insiders series on our website, foreigninsiders.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with you next week. 